Romans chapter number 6, I want to continue on, we ended with verse number 12 last Sunday afternoon and I want to take a few moments today and be able to look at this subject matter, speaking of sanctification, on the submission to obedience, on submission to obedience. Over the past couple of years, and I've made mention of this, and I believe it bears importance to be able to mention again that there is a difference, I believe, in our lives between submission and surrendering. And if you actually go study those two terms out, you understand the difference between the two. You know that the Scriptures never encourage us to surrender but they do command us over and over to submit. And you say, well, what's the difference? Well, there's some military folks here, and the word surrender is actually a military term dealing with a conflict, and it is a yielding after a confrontation or a conflict. But a submission, how the Bible tells us to submit, there's actually no conflict involved. That it's a submission to obedience. And so in our lives, may I encourage us on this matter, and then we'll get into the scriptures, that I believe over and over the Lord is saying, why don't you submit to some things, not surrender to some things. Because we ought not to be fighting the will of God and the plan that God has for us in our lives. When we have it with the Apostle Paul being saved, I would say that Paul finally surrendered. Because of what the Lord said, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And so he was actually fighting against it. And how many times we've heard it today that there's actually conviction in someone's life and then they finally yield. They finally surrender, but yet I believe, and and listen, I'm thankful for the yielding to the will of God in any person's life, okay? But how much better have we found it to be that if we just submit from the beginning and not have the conflict with the Lord to have to surrender? You say, Pastor, you're, you're just splitting hairs on that term. No, I believe it causes us less grief and less heartaches and less scars down the road if we submit to the will of God instead of God having to bring us to the point to have to surrender. And so when we look at the Scriptures, because I want us to get into this mindset of sanctification and this submission to obedience. How many found out my dad always told the the story of the little boy that his parents would say, sit down, and he'd stand his ground. And he'd say, sit down. And they had to tell him five or six times to sit down. Then finally he sat down but looked back at his parents and said, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. How many have ever had to deal with a kid like that? Anyway, anyway, anyway. (laughs) okay. I mean, just, and and we did, okay. I'm just being honest with you. Peter was our strong-willed, but here, here was our desire If we could just somehow, by the grace of God, point that will towards the things of God, then nothing would be able to stop him when he's in the will of God. 
But I thought, listen, if we can understand this. Now, can I, can I say this? It's not just about a call into ministry. It's not just about missionaries saying, well, I fought it for years, but I finally surrendered and God wants me to go to this remote jungle. That's how things are applied sometimes. But may I say when we get back to Romans chapter number 6, we're talking about submission and obedience, and this is the Christian's everyday life. As we look down through these verses of Scripture, this is not being addressed and said, now, Pastor, this is how you're supposed to live. This is for every one of us that carry the name of Christ as a child of God as we look into the book of Romans. And so in chapter 6 and verse number 12, last week we ended, let's read verse 12, let not sin... Therefore, reign, and that's dealing with that dominion over, okay? We're not supposed to give permission for sin to have the authority or the dominion in our mortal bodies, okay? That's dealing with the flesh that we walk around in every day. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal bodies, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Now let's pick up in verse number 13, because there's a word that's used down through here, and it's the word yield. Now, to understand the word yield, where would be, if if we were out in society, and I'll give you a hint, driving around, what does the word yield mean in practice? Someone give me a definition or practical. To be able to give way. If you're coming on that, that on-ramp, you're supposed to, if you have the yield sign, you are supposed to give way to the other lane. Probably the number one in Concord that I just drive my ground, not stand my ground, drive my ground, is right up here getting off 393, turning right and coming down 106. It is the right lane that is supposed to yield. And in the left lane, we have the right of way. Is that my pet? That's my one pet peeve for driving around Concord. The sign is there that the right-hand lane is supposed to give way So we understand this. We understand in principle, but so many times we fail to understand in practice. It's that context, if we were to come back and look at verse number 13, look at this. He says in verse 13, Neither, so we're not supposed to let it rain in our mortal bodies, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Okay? Now, Noah Webster said this, yield means to comply with, that's as, okay, I've yielded to their request, or to give way and not to oppose. To give way and not to oppose. Now, you say, well, what's that got to do with yield? He's telling us not to yield in verse number 13, our members. Now, this word members 
actually means we're dealing with our mortal bodies. Remember, what does mortal mean? Able to die. We're dealing with our flesh, okay? And very simply and plainly in the scriptures, Paul is saying that you are not to yield, you are not to give permission to, you are not to comply or give over to your members, okay? Now, we can name our members, our hands, our feet, our, what's this? Our mouth, our ears, our how many ever sang the song growing up, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see? Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear? And we say, oh, how cute of a Sunday school song is that? I believe it would be biblically based. Neither yield your members, our physical members, hands and feet, our eyes, our ears, our nose. You say, Nose, yeah, don't sniff anything, okay? And so neither yield ye your members as instruments, okay? That means a tool for a specific purpose. As we look down through the scriptures, he is emphatically telling us not to do this. Well, the Bible's just not a list of do's and don'ts, okay? I believe we've got one of them here. It says, uh, you're not supposed to do this, by the way. Now, here's what he puts all of this under the classification, the entire umbrella, as we're not supposed to yield our members, okay, as instruments, here's what the Bible says, of unrighteousness unto sin. Okay? Now, when I say submission to obedience, both the word let at the beginning of verse number 12, and yield in verse number 13 is actually in the control of the person person that's being spoken to. It's actually a permission that is being given. Okay? So we're not supposed to let sin reign in our mortal bodies. We are not supposed to. Now, this sanctification process, and when I say process, it is continually learning on what things are unrighteousness unto sin. How many know today that there's a few more things that are sin that you could participate in than the day you got saved? How many had things in your life the day you got saved that you didn't know were sin? You didn't, you didn't think there was anything wrong with them, okay? But it's this process. Now, where does this come from? We started the entire thing three weeks ago with looking at the process and sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. So if we start looking at the, our, our physical members and we're not supposed to yield them as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, then we ought to get into the Word of God to be able to figure out and let God teach us how could my hands be used as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. You know, that is possible. I'll just read one extreme, I'll just quote one extreme. We went over it in our devotion time in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6, I believe it is, where it says that God hates the hands of those that shed innocent blood. Okay? So there's members that are being used. How could our eyes 
as members of our mortal bodies, how could our eyes be used as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin? Okay, we could look at it. Hey, you're looking at the things you ought not to be looking at, okay? How many would say, hey, that's, that's yielding it? Most people, when they're looking at things, using their eyes as instruments of unrighteousness, it is not that someone has held them down, strapped them down, taped open their eyelids to put things in front of them that they have no choice over whatsoever. That's usually not the case. Usually it is the yielding of. Anybody ever been in a situation where someone or even us yielded our lips as members of unrighteousness, okay, unto sin? You say, how could that be? You know, the Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That means it ought not to be coming out. Well, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But how many failed at that one, one, once or twice? You say, well, I'm just not one to cuss. What about gossip? Anyway, I'll move on. Okay? We, we think about these things, and you know this as well as I do, that there's time because it feels so good to the flesh. That we say, well, I can say this, but then I'll go back and I'll actually ask permission, I mean forgiveness later. I used to throw that around. Boy, it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is permission. Then I had an old preacher sitting across the table from me. He's in heaven today. Old preacher sitting across the table from me, and I was in Costanza, Romania. Remember exactly where we're at. It was a, it, they didn't have all the electricity. I mean, it was a little bit darker room, and I'm sitting there, and I'm talking. Honestly, I'm, I'm two years out of Bible college, but I know everything. Just a young preacher, and I'm sitting there at the table, and I say it to the person that's sitting next to me. You know, they always say it's better to ask for it's better to ask forgiveness than it is permission. He didn't say much, but he looked across the table, and he's Ron Garris. He said, "All depends on who you're asking forgiveness from." And boy, I never forgot that. And I said, "I think I'll just." Make sure things are right at the beginning here and won't be yielding to it and make sure my life is right. But listen, even our lips. Now, here's the thing. How many have found out that there are some things you ought not to say today that you didn't know you shouldn't say them when you got saved? Now, here's how we find that. It, it's called sanctification. The Holy Spirit of God speaking to our hearts in saying, hey, there's a progress. There's progress here. There's a process that the Word of God is speaking to us saying, hey, I ought not to be talking like that. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, something comes out. And we're like, that didn't, that, that didn't even taste right saying that. What about some things we listen to? You say, well, do we yield our ears? And I think this is, this is probably um, one of those that could probably digress instead of progress in our, in our lives today because of all the invention of the listening devices and everything, that they can be sitting in church listening to the wrong stuff. But what do we yield? What do we yield? We had a, we had a stand in order in our house you say, well, I don't like that. You ought to trust your kids. You, do, you run your house how, how you see fit. We had a stand in order when our kids started using headphones that at any time their mom or I could walk up, grab a headphone, put it on our ears, and be able to see what they're listening to. 
stand in order. That was agreed to, agreed to on both sides before they got them. And said, listen, if you're going to have this, then here's the rule. You know what that did? Created accountability on both sides. Because, listen, anybody know that this flesh is strong? Okay? And, hey, I, I can just tell when I walk by one of our teenagers and they've got their beats on and their head's just going like this, they're not listening to Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. I mean, you could just tell, okay? But what's taking place at that moment is, listen, and it's not just on teenagers where we yield our instruments. In other words, we are giving permission for the members of our mortal bodies to be used as instruments, tools for a specific purpose of unrighteousness unto sin. You say, well, pastor, I don't want to do that. Then we need to stay in the word of God. And allow God to be able to teach us and the Holy Spirit of God to be able to convict us, to be able to say, hey, that's not what God intended these ears to be used for. It was a very simple uh, example that was given that there was a man, you can tell how old this is, there was a man that was riding on a train. And while he was riding on the train, he sat there and uh, someone came up to him. You can believe what you want on this. He came up and he said, hey, he said, you want to do a little gambling, play some cards? He said, no. He said, I don't have any hands. And he's sitting there and all all the guy saw was his arm. He said, I don't have any hands. (laughs) Then the guy felt bad. He said, I'm so sorry. He said, for asking. And they were sitting there playing cards with a few others. Well, then the, 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 I almost said flight attendant, but it was on a train. The steward came by and uh, gave him a glass of water. And he reached up and he grabbed the glass of water and took a drink. And the guy sitting there and looked at him. He said, hey, I thought you said you didn't have any hands. He said, oh, these? He said, these aren't mine. He said, these belong to the Lord. You say now, pastor, that's just simple and that's crazy. That's taking it too far. Can I say this? That's what was used in his life to remind him. That, listen, these don't belong to me. These don't belong to me. These aren't my, the Lord's given them to me to be able to be used for His honor and glory. And it's us on a daily basis that are taking the possessions of the Lord that we have been bought with a price. And I'm saying with our sanctification, we ought to be learning more and more each day on, listen, let's not use what God's given to us as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Brother Bobby has given this testimony over and over. Hey, them fingers, they're not yours anymore, are they? But boy, if that flesh gets control, he could grab that guitar and, and he could sure tell us what's going on with that guitar and them fingers walking up and down them strings. But they belong to the Lord. But he says this, he said, this is what you're not supposed to do. And so many times we stop there and say, oh, pastor, you Christians are all the same. You just tell us we can't have any fun. Now, I say this, just get around me a week or two. If you don't think Christians can have fun, I absolutely enjoy life. I really do. Well, that Bible, it just tells us what we're not allowed to do. But he says this in verse number 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but... So here's the contrary. Here's the flip side of it. But yield yourselves unto God 
as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, if I were to ask the question here, and nobody wants to say it publicly, okay? If I were to say, okay, what have you yielded your members to as instruments of unrighteousness this week? What have you said that's not righteous? What have you seen that's not righteous? What have you heard that is not righteous? None of us would want to say that and would say, well, I don't have, I don't have too many things. Well, that's only half the verse. But if I would ask the question, okay, what have you yielded your lips to this week that is righteousness? What have you said that is actually to the use of edifying? We quote the verse, let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. There's an end of the verse too. But that which is good to the use of edifying. So it's not just all negative over here, but what has it been used for for good? Some people say, well, take away my cuss words. I won't have anything to say. No, replace it with something. Some people say with their music, well, you get rid of what I'm listening to on music. I don't have anything. I can give you a whole library full of stuff to be able to listen to. That'll be uplifting to you. That'll encourage your spirit. What have we yielded our ears to that you've listened to this week and you say, well, that's just not right. And it's not just rock music, country music, and, and go ahead and Christian rap, no such thing. But uh, all the way down through there, you say, well, I haven't yielded to all of that stuff. Well, have, we, have we inclined an ear unto gossip and, and filthiness? Have we inclined an ear and allowed things? No, I haven't done any of that. Okay. Have we yielded our ears as instruments of righteousness? Have we listened to Scripture this week? Have we listened to testimonies this week? Have we allowed to be able to enter into here things that are honoring and glorifying to the Lord? What about our eyes? Boy, I've gone all week long and I haven't looked at anything wicked. Wonderful. Have we looked at anything spiritual? Have we listened to anything spiritual? Have, listen, it's not just a matter of what we don't do, but I believe sanctification is not just separating from the world, but it's separating unto God, that there's a difference in our lives. And he's saying, yield your... What have we done? I haven't done anything wicked with these hands this week. But what righteous have we done this week with these hands? What have we yielded our hand, our feet? I haven't gone any place that I shouldn't go. And you know something? I believe I can stand here and say, you know, I don't think I've gone any place this week that's ungodly. And that's good for a pastor, isn't it? How many of y'all believe that ought to be a characteristic of your pastor not to go to wicked places? Okay, okay, I appreciate that. If no hands went up, we'd have a problem, okay? <laughs> but it's not about that. Okay, where have I gone? Have I been able to yield and say, oh, well... I know I'm, I'm not doing all of these things, but am I going and doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And saying, Lord, where have I yielded my physical body as instruments of righteousness? Now, in this matter of sanctification, the Lord is always working on us in this area. There is not one that is sitting here this afternoon that would say, Pastor, I have this 100% right. Not a one of us. Now, you might try to say that, but you might have just yielded your lips to a lie. Okay? There, there's not one sitting here perfect. Even the teenagers on the front row. And all the parents said, Amen. Okay? 
We understand that. But you know something? Here's, here's what I found out. I'm not what I used to be. But I know I'm not what I can be for the Lord. But you know what I want to concentrate on? I'm thankful I'm not what I used to be. <laughs> hey, there's at least been growth there. There's at least, there's things in my life saying, hey, you ought not to be like that. And that's just the Lord separating me a little bit more. Now, you can take every aspect of our lives and put it as this. Okay? Put it under this matter of sanctification. You know the Lord deals with modesty on it? You know, we ought to be conducting ourselves and, and, and dressing and acting a little more modestly maybe than what we did before we were saved. There ought to be a growth process there. Okay? What we talk about, what we think about, hey, things on television, it ought not to be that we watch more and more wicked stuff because we got the liberty to. Hey, you ought to shut it off and be spending more time with the Scriptures and with the Lord on all that. There ought to be a growth process there. I get real concerned, and I believe biblically based and so, with those that desire to digress in their Christian life because they have the liberty, and after all, that's not going to send me to hell, and the Bible doesn't say, thou shalt not. Hey, there's some things that are standards and guidelines in my life that the Bible doesn't say thou shalt or thou shalt not, but there's enough warning in that Bible that I say I think I'm just going to stay away from that. I don't think I'm going to go there. I think I'm going to stay as far away as I possibly can. Instead of saying I think I'll get as close as I can. I'll close today with this one example. I was told this, and I've never forgotten this as, as I believe it. I was probably told when I was five, six, seven years old. And I don't know if it's a true story or not. I don't know. It's just one of those been around that in, in years gone past, the queen was looking for a new carriage driver. And so it was put out there, queen needs a new carriage driver, they interviewed three people, and the questions were asked, if you're going up a mountain path, and you've got four horses, and you've got the carriage, and you've got the queen in the carriage, how good of a driver do you think you are? How close to the edge? Do you think you'd be able to have that carriage without losing a horse, without losing the carriage, and without losing the queen? first one came in and said, I believe I can get within six inches. He said, that's pretty, good. that's pretty good driving. Second one came in, they asked the exact same question. How close do you think you could get without losing a horse, without losing the carriage, without losing the queen? And he said, I've been driving for quite a while. He said, I've been on roads like that. He said, I believe I could get within three inches of that edge without losing any of them. And they called the third one in and said, how close do you can get? Asked the same question. He said, with all due respect, he said, I think I'd stay as far away from the edge as I possibly could to ensure that I'm not going to lose the horses, I'm not going to lose the carriage, and I don't even want to try to tell you how close I could get because I'm going to stay as far away from it as I could. Guess which one got the job? Okay? Now listen, when we start thinking about sanctification, 
it's not a matter. We're not trying to see how far from God we can be and that close to the world. It's a matter of how far can God sanctify us through the Word of God. That's the key. Through the Word of God to separate us from the world, but how close can we get to God? And I'm saying, Lord, would you help us not to yield? All of this comes back, submission to obedience. All of this comes back. It's our decision. And so the decision and the answer that needs to be given in each and every one of our lives is, what am I yielding to? You say, well, God desires this and we're predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Yes, and that's going to happen one way or another. We're either going to choose to have that process now or it's going to happen on the way up. And I'm saying, Lord, would you help us now not to be yielding our members, our physical beings, not to yield it to instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but every day of our lives, look at physically what we are doing and saying, have I yielded this as instruments of righteousness? The choice is ours. It's, it's the body that God's given to us after He's purchased it. Listen, we ought to be yielding it back to Him and saying, I want every aspect of this to be given back to Him. And as Lord works in our hearts through this matter of sanctification, obedience to the Word of God, we yield to Him. We yield to Him. You say, well, I just don't yield to anything. Can I say this? You're yielding one way or another. We're either yielding these members to unrighteousness or we're yielding them to righteousness. And that's what we need to be looking at in the Scriptures. He tells us not to do one, but tells us to do the other. So it's just submitting to obedience, isn't it? This is what the Lord has for us. This is how we're going to do it as God speaks to hearts, sanctifying through the Word, the Word of God, saying, hey, boy, God's spoken to my heart on this. No more. Not yielding. Not giving in. I'm not complying with, I'm not giving permission to this. I'm over here living for the Lord. And I pray God would help us on that matter of sanctification and uh, separating from the world a little bit more, drawing closer to the Lord. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that it's truth. And Lord, I, I pray that throughout this week, Lord, even in the simplicity of things, with our hands and our feet, our ears, our eyes, our lips, our physical members. That, Lord, we would be making a conscious decision to yield them to righteousness. And, Lord, by the time we're back next week, we'd be able to know in our hearts, this is where I yielded my feet unto righteousness this week. This is where my lips were yielded unto righteousness. And, Lord, that you'd make that preeminent in our hearts and lives. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for putting it so clear to us. Lord, may we yield to you in obedience to the word of God now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's pretty simple in the scriptures, isn't it? I believe it is. I believe it's simple. It's right there. And so, can I, can I encourage us on this fact too? There's different people at different levels of the sanctification path in their life. Okay? And so that's not a prideful thing for someone to walk up to another one and say, you know, I'm more sanctified than you are. Well, you might have just lost your humility too, okay? And now, you, now you're dealing with pride and now you've got to go get that right. 
But there are different people at different levels of sanctification in their lives. And you know what we do? We pray one for another. And, and as God's helping people in certain areas, let's love them along, be able to teach them the Word of God, and just let's be glorifying to the Lord. And there may be things other people don't understand. That's okay. God's spoken to my heart about some things. Nobody else may ever understand it. But I'm going back to these scriptures saying, God, if that's what you want in my heart and life, that's what I'm doing. And we're going to follow the Lord with it. Amen? And so just allow Him to set you aside. Don't fight against it. It's better to submit than for God to have to bring us to the point of surrender. And so let's follow the Lord. Amen?